Hello there and welcome to ADHD Fest, the podcast for all of those with adult ADHD that are also interested in a bit of self-development and law of attraction. We're going to find our fire and find our flow together. My name's Tara Pratt, I'm your host and let's just get right into it. This week is going to be a bit of a test. I'm not sure how this is going to go down but I wanted to share a strategy with you that I think could be really useful. I'm taking it from some sales experience of mine, but I'm actually going to relay it to personal relationships, which we can sometimes struggle with. Sometimes we're amazing and we just click with people. It's my personal opinion that those people are probably also neurodivergent and they just don't know about it. But sometimes we find it very hard to connect with those of our peers around us that are neurotypical. And I thought this little hack could help us out. Now, before I get into it, I've really got to share with you the burnout Bible that is brand new over on our website, which is adhdfest.com. Go and check it out if you're struggling with burnout, if you're slapping in the middle of it right now, this can help you out. It's a no-nonsense workbook that you can go through and there's no decisions to make, there's no thought needed. It can help you out right now. It's had some rave reviews already. I'm really excited. I'm loving your response to it. Please do go and check it out. I've used this personally myself many times and it's so helpful when you just can't work your way out of that burnout and you're feeling overwhelmed and tired. Go and check it out over on the website and I'll pop the link below as well. Relationships, whether it be friendships or romantic relationships, they can be hard no matter what walk of life you come from. So anything that can help us out, we should use it to our full advantage. And I want to share just one little strategy with you that I picked up in my world along the way in my life experience. And it just seems to work really well as neurodivergents. We tend to connect with people anecdotally. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, this is the scenario where someone says to you, oh, I went to Spain and I did X, Y, Z. And you go, oh, wow, that's amazing. I love Spain when I went such and such. And we tell them about our experience. And that is how we connect. That's how I naturally connect. And that's how I love to talk to people. That's how I found most of my best friends. Most of them also believe that they are neurodivergent. And I tend to think that's probably true because that's the way we connect. And it feels like a deep connection to me when we can talk about things, share our experiences of the same thing. I can show that I understand by telling you something personal that relates, particularly if you're feeling low. I want to share that I've been there too. I know how you feel and I'm right there with you and I can completely understand. And that just makes logical sense to me. But some neurotypicals can find this quite rude. It comes off sometimes all about you. I'm using quotation marks there. I know a lot of neurodivergents have been hurt in the past when people have turned around to them and go, it's not all about you. Like you're such a one-upper. And that's so hard because that's absolutely not our intention. We care deeply about people. We're just trying to connect. And that's the best way that we know how. So what is the answer? Well, I stumbled across this thing that could help. You can give it a go and see what you think. It's a quick and simple hack. In the show business industry, which I worked in for years as an actress, singer, dancer, I was oblivious as that job calls for people to big themselves up. Of course, that meant that I fit right in. I also believe that there's a lot of neurodiversity within that industry and creatives. So I didn't notice for years that this is what I was doing. 
I always found people instantly loved me or the complete opposite. I was absolute marmite. People loved me or they hated me and thought I was big-headed. And those people that thought I was big-headed, I absolutely did not understand why they would think that as I wasn't saying anything particularly offensive. I didn't feel like I was bigging myself up. I didn't feel like I was making it all about me. I felt like I was making it about them and I was just relating to them and showing them that I'm listening to you. I understand where you are. I know that feeling and I'm there with you. Then after I had my son and I wanted to stay home a bit more and I was looking after him full time, I got into sales and I was working in the evening in sales. And as part of that, there was um, lots of trainings that we got into and it was really, really helpful in relating to people generally. Obviously, it was sales tactics, but it actually helped me just in my everyday life and my relationships. One of the things I noticed was during that time, I had to film myself a lot. I was on Instagram stories a lot and the general advice suggested that we make it all about our audience. We use the word you a lot and focus on not using I language too much, which made me quite aware that I do do that quite a lot. I use the word I quite a lot. Turning that focus to you was quite difficult and I struggled with it for a long time. And then there was a strategy that was introduced me, introduced to me called the FFF strategy. Now, that's not as bad as it sounds. I'm going to go deeper into it. The concept is feel, felt, found. It connects to people on a deeper level using our naturally good instincts. Those of us with ADHD, we, we do have good instincts of these anecdotal stories. They're not wrong. But the feel, felt, found strategy highlights the vital step that we often miss out. And that is validating how they feel first. We want to listen first. We want to let them know they've been heard first and validate those feelings. You can definitely share your story and any helpful hints that you took from your experience that may help them, but never, ever, ever before you take the time to show that you hear and understand their experience and feelings. So I'm going to walk you through how it would go. Person A, your neurotypical friend, shares an experience with you. Let's say it's a negative experience. They've had a really bad day. They're feeling horrible. They've fought with their spouse or something like that. The first part of the FFF strategy is feel. We want to tell them that we know how you feel. We want to reflect back to them. Wow, that is so hard. That must feel terrible. How do you, and maybe even ask them, how do you feel about all of this? Really listen, get how they feel and make sure that you understand where they're going. Don't assume where they're going. Don't use your own mindset and your own anecdotal story to assume that that's the way they're feeling as well. Really listen first. Take in, ask them a question. How do you feel? Wow, I can see that you're feeling really bad about this, that you're feeling really down. And I know exactly how you feel. And that's completely normal to feel that way. So we focus on the feel. Step two, we want to focus on the felt. And this is where we can share our story. Where we run into problems when we just hit them straight with an anecdote is sometimes that's not actually what they were saying. We can hit them with an anecdote that to them does not relate at all because we haven't fully heard how they feel. We're assuming it based on a similar incident that we were involved in. 
So they might be telling you about a fight with their spouse and then you might have had a fight with your spouse last week and you might have felt really angry about it. You might have been like ready to kick them out. But actually how they feel is really sad, really vulnerable and like they want to connect with their partner again. So once you've heard that, you can relate it to another story when you felt that way too. And you can say, wow, I felt that way when I fell out with my, I don't know, sister. I haven't got a sister, so I'm going to choose sister. Make it true. This is a false story for podcast purposes only, but you shouldn't lie. Please tell the truth. And you can say, I felt so sad when I had a fallout with my sister. I just wanted to connect. Then... Once you've told that story, we move on to the third step, which is found. And you should only really use this step if you do actually have something positive, solution-focused to add. And that is when you say, I found, once I, and then you give you solution. So in that scenario, I might say, what I found was once I took a step back and really gave myself and herself some space, calmed right down, I found that reflected on it, I was probably in the wrong and I should probably apologize or whatever your solution actually was at the time. And that is really effective in connecting with anyone, whether they're neurotypical or neurodiverse. When they're on the other end of that feel felt found, they know that you've heard them. They know that you connect with how they feel. They know that you have been through it yourself, so they feel like it's a shared experience and they're not on their own. And then they also listen to what you found and what worked for you, and it might give them a little bit of hope. But also, they might listen to it and they might think, actually, that wouldn't work for me, but it's nice that you've offered a solution. So I really find this such a helpful strategy with anyone, whether it be friends, family. Give it a try. Take it out into the real world. Try not to be too analytical about it. If you get it wrong, that's okay. Basically, the most important step of the three is number one, and that is finding out how they feel. And that's going to help you have deeper relationships, connect more deeply with your loved ones. And I hope it's helpful. Don't forget, this is actually a business strategy first and foremost. So if you want to use it in a business setting, you can do that also. I know a lot of us are entrepreneurs. If you want to connect with your audience more, Listen to how they feel, put out polls, ask questions, try and look for patterns in how they feel. What are their worries? What are their woes? Don't assume, don't put yourself in your own shoes too quickly. Stay in their shoes, really listen to their problems, research it, find out how they feel. Try and find a scenario where you felt the same way. And this works if you actually know how they feel. You can find that scenario to connect with them and tell them how you felt in a similar scenario. And then you can offer them your solution as well, which is you found. So I'm going to use this right now in the burnout Bible. A lot of you have been telling me that you feel so physically tired, lethargic, overwhelmed, like you're not reaching your potential. Sometimes you're lonely, sometimes you're all talked out and don't want to speak to anyone and just want to be alone. And I've been listening. And how you feel is exactly how I have felt a hundred million times. I have felt overwhelmed, I have felt anxious. And when we're in that position, we're too tired to think. When we're healthy, when we're feeling good, do you know what? We can make those choices that are healthier and we can build on it. But often when we're burnt out, it's a downward spiral and it's really hard to think our way out of it or do something positive. Sometimes we don't want to do something positive. I've also been listening to a lot of you that have resonated with the podcast about are you resting wrong and the seven different types of rest. 
And it's just had amazing feedback. I felt the same when I heard about this strategy too. So I have created from scratch, it's all my own work, the burnout Bible. And it's got a pre-burnout section that you can fill in when you're feeling good because it's all about you. It's not about me telling you, you should do this and you should do that to make yourself feel better because all different things make us personally feel better. So there's a pre-burnout workbook part that we can do. And then there is the burnout part, part two, which is to be done when you cannot think for yourself, when you're just overwhelmed, you're too tired, it's too much. And that is quiz style. And it asks you how you're feeling first. And then it takes you to the exact solution for those feelings. What type of rest do you need? What might help in that scenario? And it gives suggestions. And those suggestions are only there if you haven't had a chance to do the pre-burnout work yet. If you're in the middle of burnout, you can start with part two and then you can do part one later down the line. And I have found that that solution has worked so well for me. ADHD, burnout, overwhelm, paralysis just comes with the territory. And the faster that we can accept that about ourselves, the better we're going to feel, the faster we're going to get out of it. So this burnout Bible really takes the thinking out of it for you and will make that burnout so much shorter. And I hope that you get something out of it. And that concludes today's part. It's a bit shorter than usual, but I wanted to keep it short and sweet and just give you this really helpful tip that's helped me within my relationships. I hope you all have a fabulous week. Come and ask me any questions that you've got over on Instagram. I'm at ADHDfest. I'm pretty much on all social media under that name. My personal name is Tara Pratt, but Instagram is where you will find me most of the time. Send me any questions you've got. I'll put all the links below and I'll see you next week. Bye.